I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. going everyone i'm your host colton davies and on the other side of the screen for me is matthew zader we got a lot to get into today as you guys know the hockey world has been quite busy over the last week so we're going to jump right into things uh we got the nhl draft recap for you we got some uh, we have one elc from the whl uh who signed his entry-level contract uh we're gonna talk about the free agent frenzy and then of course uh our bus ride segment this week will be duncan keith considering he announced his retirement for the national hockey league uh just a couple of days ago so Montreal last week. I mean, <laughs> what a freaking day. What a what an event. Um, you know, hats off to to everybody involved. It was a fantastic draft. I mean, just to have like fans back and be able to hear the roaring and the booing of Batman and you know, everything about it was just as as I explained um last week and, and had anticipated, it was something that a lot of people needed. And I think this weekend was uh was fantastic for the hockey world. Oh, I'm beyond, I mean, beyond amazing to, to watch it again, like two years, we were two years of, well, without this stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so that saying, it was like, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely what, what I felt that way. Like you come in and you watch this again and you're like, man, I mean, we were missing this a lot. And uh, especially for the fans that were able to go, um, it amazing. And, and they were great. I mean, a lot of the fans were, you know, like you said, booing, cheering, all that stuff. And it, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, Gary Batman seems to love that. I mean, he t- tries to pump it up. He wants to be booed and I mean that tradition, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> got to boo that guy. Um, but yeah, the, the draft itself, the atmosphere was great. And um, we had some fireworks too, which is like, it wasn't the normal, you know, yeah, Shane Wright first overall went all the way how it's supposed to go. Um, it didn't like they, you know, like Montreal goes and drafts your Slavkovsky, which we talked about who's going to go first overall. And we're like, Oh yeah, Shane, Wright, Shane, Wright's going to be first. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and then he'd you know, shock everyone and go Slavkovsky, and then more shock until Shane Wright doesn't go until the fourth overall pick. So to the Seattle Kraken of all teams. So yeah, just amazing um, experience, amazing uh, day. Um, crazy for anyone covering it too. So uh, yeah, it was great. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, what did you what did you make out of uh, you know Kent Hughes walking up there? And making that announcement of Yuri Slokovsky, I mean, when, when he did that, just the chills that I got for whatever reason, and maybe it was just because it was like, a you know, it was the host team making the first overall pick and there was a lot of excitement in the atmosphere. Um, and, you know, like you said, two first draft in two years that we've had in person. Um, but wow, I mean, what an uproar. Um, this guy is going to be a monster. I know a lot of people are very, very critical of him. I know we've been... Uh, a little bit critical of his game just in the aspect of whether he can translate um, you know his international skills to the NHL and while you're playing against men um, you know it shouldn't be a problem in theory of course but yeah I mean for them to actually go for him number one wow and then Mm -hmm. for you know Shane Wright says he didn't stare down the table but I (laughs) I think he did and I think a lot of people think he did stare down the Montreal Canadiens draft table and if you don't know what we're talking about after he got selected by the Seattle Kraken and he was on stage gave a pretty dirty look towards (laughs) what he says he was just looking for the cameras but he was looking right at Kent Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens um but then we had a splash of course with some trades and some moves uh of course you know we saw the number seven overall pick get moved and then the Chicago Blackhawks of course acquire that and they take Kevin Korchinski yeah so the first WHL guy goes off the board I was quite happy um you could tell he was pretty shocked um but I mean wow what a season for him what a year for him I know some Seattle fans don't like us um don't like (laughs) me specifically just because I've been vocal about them i'm i'm trying to get rid of the whole bias thing it's it's hard when you're a fan of a team for 25 years though yeah and they're in your backyard um but i'm trying to get rid of it and i fully understand i mean you've heard me say and reiterate that the seattle thunderbirds are a loaded hockey team they're a very good hockey team i've never not said that um so uh, congratulations to kurchinski uh but he wasn't really the first guy i thought would be off the board for the WHL. Like I thought maybe like Savoy or maybe mm-hmm. Chuck, like I, yeah. I didn't, wasn't too sure how it would work. Um, but what do you make of what Chicago kind of did that weekend too? Like, like let's, let's touch more on obviously on Korchinski being their pick, but what do you make of the, them, you know, trading to Brinkett? <laughs> well, I mean, the Blackhawks were like, it, it seems like they're doing that scorched earth rebuild i mean they're getting rid of a lot of their big guys um you even talk about going getting rid of Kane, taves guys like that um but you know coming into a draft with zero first round picks and then coming out of it with three um it's pretty good it's pretty tidy work and you get you get kevin korchinski who's going to be a great top four defenseman in the nhl and you know not saying he's gonna be like duncan keys who we'll talk about uh the bus ride segment but you know that type of defenseman that could potentially be that minute muncher um all around mm-hmm. type guy um i think they got him here and you know they were talking about nolan allen who you know was a guest on our podcast here um being that type of defenseman but um you know allen's great i don't think he's got as much of a 
offensive upside as uh, as Korczynski does, but um, he could definitely be like Allen. I think could be a really good partner for Korczynski um, in the future, actually. So like um, a like a another Keith Seabrook, Seabrook type situation. Type yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, that could be a potential pairing um, down the road. I'm off the top of my head. I'm not sure. The I know Korczynski's a left hand. Not sure what if Allen what his handedness is. But, uh, you know, they're, they're both guys that I think could be really good for the Blackhawks in the future. But back to, like, their pick and back to the Blackhawks in general. And I think they, they're, they're doing it right. I mean, doing a rebuild and building through the draft is actually the way to do it. And, mm. you know, they're doing it, um, getting some really good guys later on, like um, Sam Renzel and, uh, yep. you know, and Frank Nazar, who's a heck of a Ooh. pick to me. You know, they yeah. get rid of Brinkett and they get a guy that's pretty similar to him. Um, yeah. Not as small, but a little bigger, no. but same skill level. I think, I think they're, they're going to be really happy with all these picks uh, down the line and to come into a draft with, with nothing. And then coming out with, with that, um, it's pretty good work. And Alan's a left hand. So I don't know one would have to play on their offside um, to play together, but <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the pairing doesn't work exactly, but it's something, I mean, they could definitely load up on, on, you know, special teams or whatever. Um, I think the trade was just kind of crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about what Ottawa has done and when we touch upon free agency, but what a team to watch Um, and uh, exciting for them, but very, very exciting for Kevin Korczynski and the Korczynski family. And of course the Seattle Thunderbirds, Um, Matthew Savoy pick number nine to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we saw two back-to-back picks here with the with the Winnipeg Ice. Well, not necessarily back-to-back, but pick nine and pick eleven. Um, but Savoy to Buffalo. How, how do you feel about that? I thought that was a, a pretty secure pick. Like mm-hmm. as soon as Buffalo was going up, I was, I thought for sure it was Savoy. Well, yeah, and I had him in one of the mock drafts we did. Um, one of us picked. I, I don't know who it was in our in our um, prospect corner. I believe it was that uh, Savoy went to Buffalo, and. Uh, you know, I think, I think it's a good fit uh, for them because they're, they're loading up on talent too. I mean, oh yeah, that Sabres team is going to, you know, just look at all their picks they got this year. Uh, you know, Liam, o- I think it was Ogren that went, no, not Ogren. Ogren um, went Osland. to many. Osland, yeah. um, Osland went to, went to Buffalo and he's going to be a heck of a player too. Um, so, I mean, you got Buffalo's just, yeah, their prospect pool is getting really strong and Savoy just adds to that. I'm, I'm really actually surprised he dropped um, a, further than I thought he would. But uh, yeah, I, I think that was a good pick for, for Buffalo, especially where they're going. Uh, I think he's going to be a headliner down the line and uh, a lot better than Jack Eichel, um, I think, um, down the line too. <laughs> I like that take. Oh my God, I like that. That's good. Um, no, I think for sure too. I think like with Buffalo and taking Savoy, I, I, I wondered if Detroit was going to take him because he kind of fits that mold that, that Iserman's kind of building. Yeah. Um, but, but for them to go Casper, you, you and I talked about this, this was on, I had that listed down in my little mock draft. I thought, you know, Casper was kind of a, a more secure pick just because of their ties to Sweden. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Savoy goes to Buffalo, obviously it's a good, it's a good solid pickup. 
Um, I'm excited to see what he can do there. As you said, you know, Buffalo is another team to kind of watch here in the future over the next few seasons to see what they're capable of doing. Um, they added another guy, a Canvas Blazers guy. We'll get to him a little later. So I'm excited. I, you know, they're a team I'm going to tune into a little bit more, of course. And, uh, you know, moving on, Connor Geeky for the Arizona Coyotes. And first thing I want to say here is our thoughts go out to Connor Geeky as he was uh, injured by a hip check mm. during development camp earlier this week. Uh, I'm not too sure the updates on his situation other than he was, uh, I do believe, transported to hospital and was was fine, I guess, like moving. I'm not too sure the specifics. Uh, all I know is he was somebody threw a hip check during development camp and uh, he got the the crap end of the stick on that one. Oh. So not good. Um, but pick 11, the Arizona Coyotes, not surprising. Arizona, you know, gets a big, big guy down the middle. Um, what do you make of a geeky and what he could possibly, you know, do in Arizona? Because that's another team that has a lot of prospects. Yeah. They, again, we'll talk about strong prospect pools. They, they added Logan Cooley first, um, had a chance yeah. at Shane, Wright, But chose Cooley. Um, Cooley. And then they get Connor geeky a little later. And he's like, I've talked about geeky being, you know, his skating's a bit suspect. He's, he's got to work on that. Um, but in a system with the coyotes who need centermen, I think he could fit in really well there. Um, yeah. you know, and he's, he's one of those guys that, like I say, the skating can be fit, can be worked on. Um, he's never going to be a ridiculously fast player. Um, but he's got the size, um, got the skill. I think he's going to, I still think he's going to top out as like a third line guy that can maybe jump into the top six. Um, but you know, that's still, that's still really good. I think uh, he's going to be still that 20 goal scorer, but uh, I don't, I think his skating is going to hold him back from being a high end um, NHLer. but yeah, good for the coyotes. They they're again, another team that just is really interesting to see where they go. Um, Hopefully they do stay in Arizona because uh, I I think they do, you know, deserve to have some success, but Uh, I don't know. at least the fans that are there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And hey, when Austin Matthews goes there, the whole franchise will turn around. So don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, next up on our list here, who got drafted? Our former guest, Denton Matejchuk. Very, very, very happy for Matejchuk. Um, congratulations to him and his family, of course. Uh, awesome kid. Uh, yeah. We really, really enjoyed talking to him. And super cool to see him get picked up by none other than the Columbus Blue Jackets, who threw a fucking dagger into oh, flame tarts oh my yeah God. um we'll talk a little bit about that later <laughs> but holy cow so denton matichuk goes there though not a surprise uh you know i'm a little bit surprised he fell out of the well i guess not i, I had him going i think 11th or 10th so yeah. i i wondered if he would you know how he would go but he, i mean top 15 was no surprise whatsoever for him uh he's a flawless defender and i say that conservatively but he is he's a very very good defenseman who i think is going to be the best defenseman out of this draft well yes yeah i do yes. i do yeah I, oh i definitely do i know korchinski was uh, drafted ahead of him but uh Matejchuk, i've said this i mean everyone knows whoever's watched prospect corner listen to this podcast you know yeah. my <laughs> my affinity to denton Matejchuk, and uh he went before the canucks could pick him so i'm okay <laughs> yeah i'm also okay with who they got we'll talk about him in a sec um yep. but you know matejuk's just one of those 
one of those guys that I think he's going to be a 50, 60 point defenseman. I think he could even be, you know, a 70, uh, you know, I think point so, guy. Yeah. And he's just got so much skill and to be added to a Columbus Blue Jackets team who has a heck of a future. Uh, again, this is the third straight team we're talking about that has ridiculous amounts of prospects that are going to be really good. Um, so, and th- of course they had a uh, guy from Calgary there um, too. So, <laughs> you know, prospects, the prospects they've got are just so high end guys too. It's not like they're these, you know, mid range, they're going to be like top line, top pairing guys. And, Matejchuk just adds to that uh, embarrassment of riches that they've got going, and uh, I'm excited to watch the Blue Jackets because they've got some players that I really like um, playing for them. So, um, really excited to see him in the NHL one day. Me too. I think he's going to fit in that mold quite well. You you have a guy like you know Zach Wierenski, and who can kind of you know be his mentor you have jake bean who's there former whl guy andrew peak is there too i'm sure there's more guys i'm missing but uh spent a spent a last chunk of the last 12 hours uh, or so uh looking at the columbus roster because uh all, all hell and flames nation was going yes. uh, it was going crazy holy cow uh let's talk about the next guy here selected out of the whl uh this is quite a ron hexall brian burke pick i mean owen pickering yes now now, Owen Pickering is a very good defenseman, so I don't mean that in any disrespect. I just mean that in the, the sense that he's a big guy, and that is what Brian Burke and Ron Hextall build their teams around, is big, monster defensemen. Yeah, pugilistic so, types. <laughs> yeah, said. exactly. Yeah. But Pickering yeah. has that mobility and that, uh, you know, that offensive drive, which kind of makes him really intriguing. Yeah, well, perfect pick for the Penguins, too, because they really yeah. need to bolster that defense prospect pool because they don't really have a lot in general yeah. actually oh god yeah um, like prospects in general they're not that high in that so um pickering really adds i think he probably becomes their first their top prospect i'm not sure who their top prospect before him was um it's bad because mm-hmm. you don't remember <laughs> absolutely uh, he, he, but he, but exactly though like he probably does become their top prospect because you have to think about like over the last few years, they really haven't drafted like all too, too well. I don't think like, I'm really just trying to like, I'm trying to rack my brain of who, who's really there. Yeah. It's not coming to me. (laughs) No, it it really isn't. So, but, but yeah, like, I mean, Lucas Fischkowski is a guy that I can, that I do think of, but he's not like, they don't have no number one guys. Like, you know how Columbus has Kent Johnson. Yeah. Canucks now have Jonathan LeCaramacchi, who arguably is their number one prospect now. Um, you know, that Seattle obviously has Shane Wright, but I don't know, would you put Manny Beneers ahead of Shane Wright? I don't know. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, New Jersey has Simone Nemitz. There's so many teams that just have that top player yeah. in their prospect pool, and it just seems like, for whatever reason, the Penguins don't. Yeah, they're still able to get it done. It seems like they're, you know, get guys that uh, are contributing either free agency or, you know, lower end draft picks. They seem to be able to um, keep afloat. And well, as long as Malkin, Crosby, and Latang are there and playing at a high level, I guess they're going to still be able to do it. <laughs> yep. No, that's for, that's for sure, though. I think, you know, that's really what it comes down to is them just wanting to keep that strong core together and they do whatever they can to, uh, 
to, to keep him there. I think it's about loyalty, really. And that's yeah. something that the Pittsburgh Penguins thrive on. Um, and the last pick of the first round. Let's let's get to that here uh, before we bore people with all of this. Um, the last pick of the first round, which was kind of a shock. I, I mean, I will say uh, it was a shock to me because I wondered if Edmonton would try and go after either A, Jaeger Furcus or B, Lane Hudson. And they mm-hmm. went for Reed Schaefer. Yeah, Reed Schaefer, I mean, I can say this is this is a player I really like. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he's he's one of those guys that uh, he was really high, high-end guy in the playoffs um, for, for the C- Seattle Thunderbirds, right? Yep. And, man, Seattle, I mean, you guys have a, have a great team down there. I mean, it's – you're going to be – and I was surprised Thomas Millich wasn't drafted again, mm-hmm. um, yep, just, just as an aside. But, um, yeah, it, it's – it's a great, it was a great pick. Um, I don't think a first round pick, but in the player it's himself, that's a great pick. Uh, Reed Schaefer is one of those guys and he loves Edmonton. He, uh, you know, he grew up as an Edmonton Oilers fan. So he's probably was stoked to get picked by them. So yeah. Um, got great personality and uh, I think he's going to be a solid uh, second line, maybe a uh, guy that uh, energy guy too. So really happy for, for Schaefer um, to, to be drafted in the first round. Um, so congrats to him. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do in the NHL because I think he's got the pedigree to do it. So you think about, um, you think about who they traded at the draft, Zach Cassian and mm-hmm. who they bring in with Reed Schaefer and how Schaefer kind of checks off a lot of the boxes yeah. that Cassian has right now. Schaefer is a better player than Cassian by, no no question of a doubt mm-hmm. but is Schaefer willing to take on the Cassian role probably yeah. Yeah. he probably will and he's 6'4 212 he, he you saw him just physically dominating guys throughout the entire playoffs I think I think it's a good selection when you look at it from a couple of days later absolutely yeah. I think in the moment a lot of people were like what the hell are we yeah. doing especially moving down and having it's, to yeah yeah especially moving down and then just going off the board anyways you could have traded out of the first round but they're also we don't know this right there could have been rumblings that seattle toronto yeah. one of the teams in the first you know few picks at round two were gonna snag them yeah so there's a lot of variables really that is kind of what i'm getting at but i think it's a great pick um i'm excited to see what he can do And, you know, another Seattle Thunderbird, Uh, the Thunderbirds and the Blazers had four players selected each uh, in this draft in total. So just again, congratulations to all the guys drafted in the first round. What an honor. And to the rest of the guys drafted, I mean, I was still an absolute honor. Holy cow. Um, So in total, uh, including those six who were selected in the first round, there was 28 players from the WHL selected. Uh, In round two, we saw Jaeger Furcus go to the Seattle Kraken, and then we saw Fraser Minton of the Camelots Blazers go to the Toronto Maple Leafs at pick 38. What do you make out of Jaeger Furcus going to Seattle? Because let's just touch on Seattle's prospect pool and them needing to add, and, oh, the the Furcus Circus (laughs) is coming to Seattle. Yes. I was surprised he dropped out of the first round. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I thought he was going to be drafted in the mid range because of his performance at uh, the CHL prospects game. And then his performance in general in the regular season. Um, yeah. But I mean, maybe some teams had some issues. Maybe he's not going to be a high end um, top six guy. 
which I don't think he will be. I think he's going to be that type of, again, third line energy guy, pots, 15, 20 goals, um, but is a heck of a player um, to, you know, hard to play against too. And then a guy that just has personality out the, you know, yeah. he's, he's got so much personality that, that mustache, my gosh. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 just hold your thought for a second. We're going to talk yeah. about personality. Can we talk about Tampa Bay's pick and Isaac Howard? Yes. Yeah. There's another guy. Personality. Oh my God. When I saw that, I, I just thought of Miami and vice city. And I was just like that. I am so, I'm going to be one of the people to say it. I'm so glad that people, hockey players are starting to to do that type of stuff yes. and show themselves a little bit more. Yes. Holy cow. And of course, Tampa Bay picks them too. That's oh just... yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> just the, the, the complete like swagger you have to, and confidence you have to have to, to rock an American flag belt buckle with a white <laughs> suit and a gold chain in Montreal. <laughs> in, in Montreal. Absolutely incredible. And then to go up to Emily Kaplan and say that, well, I'm the best looking guy here. So of course I got to be the best looking dressed, best yeah. dressed looking or whatever he said. You know what I mean? I, oh, geez. He oozes confidence. Really excited to see what he can do. And I mean, he's not, he, I, I know our WHL listeners probably don't know too much about him, but he's got some zing to his game. Mm. I mean, he is good. Yeah, I was surprised again. Another guy that I was surprised dropped into that where Tampa could pick him. Yeah, but um, I almost wonder if maybe he got himself in a little bit of trouble during hmm. draft interviews. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know what I mean? That. Because yeah. a lot of NHL teams aren't ready to jump on that type of player. They like the classiness. You, you know what I mean? Like it, they, yeah. the, the, the robot. <laughs> yeah. Could so, be that's why Fergus dropped too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a very, yeah, they're very personable people. Right. And I think, you know, you look at Zegras, look how, look how, look how Zegras, you know, does social media and stuff. He's way different than any yeah. other NHL player. He, he puts himself out there on social media. He shows himself off in different scenarios. Um, and he just had a funny pick go up the other day on his Instagram of him holding a goat and he, he tagged <laughs> Ryan Getzlaff in it. Like, <laughs> like he's just, you know what I mean? It's really cool for the game. I think, I know, I know the old heads and some people find it just disturbing is what their word is, but whatever. Oh yeah. We need, I mean, I've said this before, <laughs> we need more personality in the, in the yeah. game. And you know, when you look at, at uh, the NFL and the NBA, they got so many personalities and I think hockey needs a bit more of that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's time we get rid of the suit and ties, and you let players just kind of dress how they want, and they can you know do whatever. Yeah. If if somebody wants to wear a bunch of you know designer clothes and stuff, then go for it. I, yeah. I don't. I think I don't have a problem. Players, no. no, I don't have a problem with it. Either. If players want to wear, you know, if if Elias Pettersson wants to wear a, a Vancouver Grizzlies basketball jersey, that would be freaking cool. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm all for it. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Fergus is a great pickup, though. Uh, I'm very excited for him in Seattle uh, because, you know, you talk about who Seattle has been able to draft over the last, you know, couple, two drafts, obviously, uh, with Manny Beneers, Ryan Winter, Ryan Winterton. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, there's some right now, of course, so. too. But then, you know, Shane Wright. Jagger Fergus. So, they got a few guys Fer- that I really like um, in yeah. this draft. So I think Seattle's become, um, you know, a bit of a second team to watch here because I know that that rivalry with the Canucks is definitely going to happen eventually. Um, but it's just going to be fun down the road with these guys uh, in the division and it's going to be tough, but uh, I think it's going to, th- this division that used to be 
the lowest end, everyone's saying, you know, weakest division in hockey, it's going to be the strongest in a few years. I, yep. I definitely. Sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. I can really see it. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and then Fraser Minton. So Canlis Blazers, my guy, Fraser Minton, gets picked up by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And oh my God, do you, do you know how happy I was when he got selected? <laughs> It, I mean, he deserves it. And we talked a little bit about him uh, prior to recording here. And, uh, you know, I spoke to a guy involved in the Toronto Maple Leaf scouting department, and I won't reiterate what he said because I don't think he wants it public knowledge at all. Um, but just, you know, the, the pick was uh, very well calculated and it's something they really thought about. So I'm just going to say that um, they have a lot of, uh, they, they think highly of him. And I think that they know that there's a lot of untapped potential. You have to you have to think about Minton for a second because he's the young, he's one of the youngest players in the draft as well. Yeah. So for him to put up the points production he did is really really good. And uh, for you know you analytic darlings, uh, he is a player that I think you're going to love. Yeah, and and that's one of those you know high hockey IQ guys. Yeah. Um, and those are the guys I, 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 I gravitate towards those guys, high hockey IQ, good work ethic. Um, and yeah, he had a heck of a season and it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in his, his next, uh, next season here. But, uh, I'm excited Toronto fans. You should be excited for getting this guy because, um, yeah, they had to trade, they traded out of the first round and was kind of a little upset about that, but, the guy you drafted in the second round, you're going to be really happy with uh, when he makes the NHL and is playing, yep. um, you know, has, has that uh, Jersey on um, in Leafs nation. So for sure. Oh yeah. He, I, I, he's going to be extreme. He's going to be extremely serviceable for many, many years in Toronto. And I think uh, he's a player that, you know, they're really going to rely upon when it comes to critical situations comes to, you know, his defensive game is off the charts as well. I mean, yeah. he, he is a lot like Arturi Lekkonen, which is really yeah. crazy to say, but he yeah. is, he, he is a lot like him. And or like Zach Hyman, who they had yep, there. For, and like Zach Hyman too. Yeah. That's another perfect comparison. So yeah. So Leafs nation, get excited, be happy. And we have an exclusive interview with Fraser Minton coming up as well in the next coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Round three, we saw Jordan Gustafson, another Seattle Thunderbird. Holy cow. <laughs> We're going to run through this whole list. So if you, it, uh, there's timestamps, obviously, according. Um, so if you don't want to hear all of this, you can move forward. Uh, we're not going to do full breakdowns of every player, but we are going to run through the whole list because we may, you may as well. We're already halfway through it. So Jordan yeah. Gustafson, though, another Seattle Thunderbirds player gets taken by Vegas. Uh, I don't think Vegas knows what they're doing. Um <laughs> Just in high, just to put it out there, I don't think they know what's happening. And it has nothing to do with the Jordan Gustafson pick. But if you've been following Vegas, you know they just traded Max Patch ready for nothing. Yes. Quite literally, Jeez. nothing. Yeah. Future, Future consideration. Which is a fancy word for nothing. <laughs> Which is a fancy word for nothing. So it's a very weird pick. But congratulations to Gustafson. Uh, another, you know, uh, dynamic, dynamic forward for Seattle and somebody who, uh, uh, you know, deserves, deserves to get picked because I thought for sure he was a second, third round, uh, talent there. And, uh, Vegas comes in and swoops him up. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, Vegas, their NHL roster is a bit of a mess, um, for salary cap wise, but their prospect pool, there's a few interesting guys there. And, uh, I think they, they got to start building through the draft and just do away with their big trades for big contracts and signing guys in free agency for big contracts, do it the right way, build through the draft. But mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't run the show over there. <laughs> no, no, no. And the, 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 yeah, we're not going to get that. The Vegas thing is a whole nother story. But if you're interested in learning about Vegas, I'm going to plug somebody's podcast. Go listen to the uh, Cam and Strick podcast. They just had Kelly McCrimmon on, who's the general manager of Vegas. He goes into pretty good detail of what is going on behind the scenes and how the ownership has a lot of say in what happened. Yeah, so I'm go. sure you can understand how that affects everything. Um, Mikey Mellon. Out of Winnipeg, uh, not a surprise, I, I don't think. You know, the, a lot of the Winnipeg Ice guys, a lot of Seattle guys, it wasn't a surprise to see these guys get taken because no. they're all on top teams. Um, Millen per- performed, you know, exceptionally well this year. So to see him go to Minnesota, that's good. Uh, then we had our first import pick uh, selected, which was Merrick Ulsher. He uh, was selected out of Portland. He plays for the, or holy cow, he was selected from the Portland Winterhawks and he is for the Florida Panthers. So he's from Czechia. Uh, he's a strong defenseman. Uh, I've read a little bit about him. Uh, he's another guy who's just really smart and poised on the blue line. Uh, maybe a diamond in the rough there for Florida. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Then we had our first goalie taken. So this was, this was something that I think I was, you know, a lot of people anticipated when the first WHL goalie would go off the boards because, yeah. you know, Nicholas Kako and, there was another goalie as well who went fairly early in the second round, right? Yeah, it was the second round. So a couple couple guys went in the second round, but finally Tyler Brennan gets selected by the New Jersey Devils in the fourth round. And I think he's a guy who, you know, he joins a, a Devils team, another team that is going to be exceptionally well in the next coming years. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, Brennan is another guy, as we've exhausted the topic, um, a project in the terms of a goalie and he's somebody that maybe by 25, 26 years old could be a, uh, a starter slash backup. And when I say starter, I mean like a fringe starter. I don't mean like a, like a, you know, like a Connor Hellebuck or a, you know, a Thatcher Demko or anything like that. But yeah. I, I, I think, you know, maybe Brennan has that Cam Talbot-ness to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Where he can I- get games in. Yeah, and the thing is, is uh, I was actually surprised he was drafted behind all these other guys, other goaltenders who drafted ahead yeah. of him. I, I thought, thought he that was, was probably weird. one of the first ones, but he wasn't. Well, and I thought that was weird too because he was ranked higher than all of those goalies. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It was a little weird, but this whole draft was just odd. Um, <laughs> beyond the first, I, beyond the first round, yeah. Yeah, beyond the or first round, beyond the first weird. ten picks, maybe. <laughs> Well, okay. I know we've already glanced over uh, round round three, round two there, but you, you know, Lane Hudson going to to uh, Montreal, like and I was getting he's, angry. I kept every time he dropped one more, I was getting angrier. <laughs> I said, "What?" Well, I, I, right, and then I was just wondering who was going to pull the trigger. I was like, "Who was going to take him?" Because like perfect place though, Montreal is just like they got experience. They got Cole Caulfield, <laughs> who's smaller guy. Uh, they got Martin St. Louis, the head coach. Um, Brennan Gallagher, Sean Gallagher, smaller guy. Yeah. Perfect place for him to go. Yeah. Small King goes to small land. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But for sure. I think the, I think him going to Montreal is going to be disgusting in the next couple of seasons. I think, uh, Oh, it's going to be really hurting uh, in the next couple of years when you see this kid absolutely lighting up the league. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just like Caulfield though. And, and just like Stankoven and other players. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, it, yeah. So to get off of USHL players and the, that type of thing, get back on track, uh, Matt Lindgren. Now I talked a little bit to Matt, me and Matthew talked a little bit about, about this pick, uh, prior to recording, very shocking to see him drop to the fourth round. Um, yeah. You know, he gets selected 106th overall by Buffalo. Uh, Lindgren, of course, is a Kansas Blazers for or defenseman. But, man, so many rankings had him pegged in that second, third round. It Like, I wrote about him for Flames Nation uh, as a second-round target for pick 59. And I remember reading the comments, and people were like, well, he seems too good to be taken at 59 <laughs> then. He seems like he's going to be gone well before that. And I was like yeah, you're probably right. Like he probably is going to be gone, but for whatever reason, he fell to the fourth round and Hey, guys fall stuff happens. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're drafted. Now the real work begins, but I really think he's going to have a, you know, a big chip on his shoulder and he's going to be a guy who, you know, Korchinski just put up, you know, plus 60 points. I think Lindgren's due for a 60, 70 point season next year. Yeah. And I was, when he kept dropping, I had him ranked in the second round and yeah. when he kept going down, down, I'm like, man, he, the Canucks, I believe even passed um, on him too. So it's like, yep. it, it was interesting to see why he kept dropping down. And I know there's, you know, he's not a perfect defenseman. I mean, he does have some things he needs to work on like everyone does. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's going to sure. be, he's going to be really good. Uh, in the NHL, and if we talked already about the Sabres, add another guy that's you know going to add to their prospect pool, and um, you know watch Buffalo because they just got so many guys that and WHL guys now that you want to oh, be yeah. watching in the future for sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we will speed things up a little bit. We're going to slow down right now though, just because we want to talk about Ben King. And Ben King is a guy oh, we talked about King. a lot on this podcast. We're very big fans of him. Uh, ben, if you're listening, come on the podcast. We'll talk to you. <laughs> but he gets picked up at Anaheim Ducks. And what a pickup for him. I mean, I don't really know if Anaheim knows what they're doing either. They're kind of like in the same boat as <laughs> like Vegas, where they're just like, what are we doing? What are we trading everybody? What's happening? Um, but oh, wow. If this, if he can legitimately pan out to how, you know, what he's producing right now, and if he can have another hundred plus points season in the WHL, which won't be surprising because I guarantee you, he gets dealt out of Red Deer to a contender like Campbell, Seattle, Vancouver brand. Who's a contender on the East? Oh God. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. So see, I I guarantee you he gets dealt. So he's going to have another big season. And, you know, is this a guy who could maybe fill a role that, you know, some of these first round picks that Anaheim has taken or draft picks in general that Anaheim's taken over the last five, six, seven years, haven't been able to fill, mm. um, you know, can King slot in as a third liner? Can he, what can he do? I think it's going to be a, an interesting, an in, it's going to be very interesting to see how he develops because San Diego, like the San Diego Gulls, they have a really good developmental program. Yeah. And, I think that he's a guy who is going to take that program by storm and really just, you know, I think he's going to just rocket his way through the program and get himself right up into the NHL. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I want, again, if you, if you followed what my, my work on anywhere, I, I like Ben King. Um, I wanted the Canucks to get him, but yeah. he didn't drop to them. They could have drafted him earlier, but uh, it's, yeah, they could have. But uh, yeah, Ben King, he, he's just, I thought it would be a perfect fit because they got Archdeep Baines already in the system, who was his uh, partner in crime 
uh, for the last two seasons, uh, putting up yep. crazy points. Um, but you know, he heck of a pick for Anaheim, and I think he really fits uh, the team because you know they seem to like size. Uh, Mason McTavish, uh, they draped Nathan Gotcher, who's yep. other big guy. Um, yeah, he's good. So I mean, you got you got Ben King now added in, and I think he can Max be a third line energy guys he's got size he's good in front of the net i think he could be a good power play guy too um yeah. i mean the skating again i mean skating can be tweaked but as long as you can sure. get around i think you're fine um not everyone can be burners like Connor mcdavid so no. <laughs> it's no of it, course so i mean if you have enough good enough skating that you can get around and not be caught um defensively which i think is the biggest thing or if you can't pull away a little bit to get into those scoring areas it's it becomes an issue but i think king has a has really good upside like so i'm excited to see what he can do in anaheim because when he went to anaheim i'm like yeah i could see it i could see it uh, for the type of player he is and what yep. type of players they like um yep. is absolutely a good fit absolutely so on next on our list i want to talk about ty young because he was a guy who obviously um, you know, is a Canucks guy now drafted by the Canucks, but he's another goaltender. And of course he was the, the, the backup for Tyler Brennan this year. Um, you, you're more affiliated with the Canucks right now. I've kind of taken a step back of the Canucks army. I'm more involved with flames nation and kind of doing stuff with them right now. What did you make out of Ty young being the selection there? And what have you kind of heard in the Vancouver circle about them selecting him? Um, what, what have you heard? Well, he's, he's definitely an Ian Clark pick. Um, that, <laughs> one thing about this, like, and these are great because the thing is you look, it's, it's actually pretty funny because um, last year they drafted a goaltender around the same Koskinvuo. They drafted this around the same pick right. in the fifth round as they drafted Ty Young. I don't know if it's a coincidence or, or not, but they drafted into goaltender in the same around the same range this year and a similar type goaltender, six foot, uh, I believe he's six foot four, um, big lanky goaltender, which Ian Clark loves. Um, so, I mean, he's going to really be a guy that, uh, you know, watch through. I'm again, these are projects. Um, you know, these goaltenders are not, it's going to be a few years down the road if they make it at all. Um, but the Canucks, they add another goaltender to their system and, uh, already got Arthur Silovs in there. Koskinvuo, uh, Mikey DiPietro could be traded, um, soon because it seems like they want to give him a different look because they want Silovs to develop, yeah. uh, in Abbotsford. So, and with that, and they already, then you just signed Colin Delia, um, as a veteran down there. So really there's no room, but for Ty Young to be in the system now, um, he's going to, of course, get top notch, uh, um teaching with whenever he can with the ian clark and um you know he's one of those types of goaltenders that really fits that goaltending school that clark has so it's gonna be interesting to see what he can do and and see what he can you know progress to be because this year like you said he was back up to tyler brandon so he didn't get a lot of time but when he did he looked really good so i mean when brandon was out for a bit there uh, he he really stepped up, made, made some ridiculous, had some ridiculous performances for them, um, helped them get to the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can what he can be because like he's the prototypical size for an NHL goaltender. Um, he's pretty quick in the crease too. So 
and we'll see, but goaltenders, like we've said many times, they have a long development path. So, um, mm. just, just saying, you know, looking at him now, we'll see if he can progress into an NHL goaltender one day. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I like the pick. I think, uh, I think it'll pan out. I, I it'll be interesting to see how he does in, uh, in Abbotsford, of course, if he can make it there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall, uh, that's, a like you said at the top of there, it's a very Ian Clark pick. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, next up on the list here to talk about quickly is Graham Sward, uh, a guy who was coming into his second NHL draft. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a physical defenseman for Spokane, uh, but he's got that offensive flair, which makes him, I mean, uh, and another intriguing pick He's somebody that I think a lot of these physical defensemen, and I kind of reiterated it last week, a lot of the physical defensemen understand that they have to develop more of a two-way game. They can't just be, physical so whether that's being able to you know be a be a pass first defenseman or you know to, to shoot do whatever you need to do uh sword sword knocks on all those doors and mm-hmm. i think uh, he is a very good pickup for the predators because if there's one thing the predators are actually good at doing it's molding defensemen oh jeez, yeah <laughs> and, and i think i think hal gill is like part of the predators coaching staff some development stuff something like that so you know there's a legend in right there but you think about who the who the predators have had in you know in nashville over the last i don't know 10 years to shea weber ryan ellis uh ryan Suter, dante fabro matias at home <laughs> dan hamu exactly dan hamus so you know what i mean like there, there's a lot of uh things to like there and i think uh you know nashville is another strong team they like to play um very physical i mean god forbid they were the i think they had the most fighting majors out of any team in the league this year but you know you look at tanner Janot and what he's been able to provide you know if they mold sword into a a physical uh you know a josh manson type defenseman oh oh that's gonna be good yeah i think it's gonna be good for them uh it'll be interesting because i think sword's another guy who gets dealt um he's a guy who i have on the blazers radar uh, so I think he's going to get dealt out of Spokane, uh, and we'll see how he can develop uh, in a more of a, a contender, uh, team. Yes. Yeah. Next up Calgary flames. Uh, so as I've said twice now, I think so far, uh, I'm more affiliated with flames nation now. So we were kind of excited about this pick. It's, it's such a, such a Bradley pick like Parker bell. I mean, he's a big physical forward. Um, he does everything he, he, you can out there for a powerful modern day power forward. Uh, but he also had put up, uh, you know, a good amount of points this year in Tri-City. Uh, he's a guy I like, I'm a big fan of, I think, you know, there, there's some stuff to like there for sure. Uh, we'll see obviously how he does in the new farm team, which is in Calgary. I may or may not know the name, obviously for, you know, NDA reasons, can't say anything. Um, but very exciting times for the Calgary. Okay, whoa, whoa! I should take that back. I should, I should really step back. It's not exciting times for the Calgary Flames organization right now. Actually, <laughs> the entire organization's in dismay, and fans are pretty sure are going to riot in the streets. <laughs> but this is a good pickup for uh, for their for their rookie development, and uh, you know we'll see what Bell can do. If you know the Flames love big guys, uh, yeah. you, you know Glenn Godden's a guy I think about when when I think about Parker Bell. Um, it, then you wouldn't be surprising to see Parker Bell in the NHL in a few years, or at least get a rep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he is a, a Flames type pick. Uh, yeah, player that I could see definitely 
um, thriving in that system. Yeah. A uh, couple more names to knock off here on the list, and then we will finally move on. Um, Josh Philman out of the Swift Current Broncos. A couple Swift Current Broncos got selected here in the last little bit. So Josh Philman and Josh Davies both get selected. Philman goes to the Devils. Davies goes to the Florida Panthers. I might be having to buy a Josh Davies Florida Panthers jersey <laughs> in the future. Uh, two Canvas Blazers get selected in round seven as well. Well, and okay, Dalen Kiefler. I didn't. I'm very, very, very happy for Dalen Kiefler. That is a very Lou Lamorello pick, though. Yes. Holy cow! Um, but very, very happy for him. Uh, congratulations to Kiefler and his family, and into Shane Doan as well. Shane Doan has uh, has has quite a bit to do with Kiefler. We've talked a little bit about it before, um, but he really helped Kiefler elevate his game this past year and really, you know break out into the 38 40 goal score he was this year and leading the league in fights i mean what a year um but big big pickup for the islanders there whether or not he can pan out that's that's the next question uh but hey he got drafted that's awesome but matthew Semenov, oh my god like okay we talk about matt slingren falling this is a guy who i did not expect to fall to round seven. Oh gosh like i had Semenov in the I remember i think it was the third round yeah and like i was i was like, like wait seven of still on the board like by the time the sixth round go i'm like i can't believe it he's one of the guys still out there and he finally gets drafted and i'm happy he's got drafted because he's he's a heck of a player i don't get it i don't understand why he has to drop into the seventh round i don't i i'm curious if there was something that was said I, I don't know. And and to my excuse, he was not a seventh round pick. Actually, he's a sixth round pick. But for whatever reason, that says round seven. Um, the WHL list just says round seven for some reason. But he was a sixth round pick, 179th overall. So so was Dalen Kiefler. Um, yeah. Actually, all those guys were. Uh, but yeah, like I just don't I don't I don't understand it. Because when you looked at all of the. What is it like you looked at all the rankings? Sorry. Yeah, he was ranked at like the lowest i think he was ranked was like one like 120 110 so yeah it's a weird it's a weird one but hey the dallas stars selected him of course the dallas stars (laughs) selected a camelous blazer uh but i think he's another guy who's really gonna have a chip on his shoulder and i think this might be another one of those picks where players are looking like what the heck why didn't we draft this guy yeah, Dallas is a few of those guys. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas is pretty good at picking those guys out. That's for sure. I don't know what it is, but uh, they're, they're they're pretty good. Um, so yeah, so that about wraps things up. Uh, we have just exhausted this whole entire draft. But I mean, congratulations to all twenty uh, WHL players who were selected. Uh, I mean, what a thrill! Uh, what an honor! And and what a weekend again. Yeah, well, we said that WHL was going to be a big team, big league in this draft, and guess what? They were so. Oh, oh next um, year though. Yeah, oh, next year even more. <laughs> domination. Oh, complete domination oh, in next oh, year's first round. Um, we'll move on a little bit. We got 150 WHL players going to dev camps, and do not worry, I am not reading out all of that because <laughs> that would be ex- uh, just terrible. Uh, but just to highlight a couple players from every team. Um. I'm just going to just say players. So, you know, Anaheim obviously has Ben King going. They have Owen Selwiger going. Arizona has Connor Geeky, Dylan Genther. Boston, of course, has Luke Toporowski, which is pretty cool. Yes. Uh, Reed, Reed Dick as well from Swift Current. Buffalo has Tyson Kozak from Portland. And then Matt Slingren and Matthew Savoy. 
the Flames have uh, Parker Bell, Lucas Siona, of course, from the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, Matthew Keeper from the Regina Pats, Mason Ward from the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have Joe Joe Arneson from the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and then Dylan Ernst, who they invited as well, an undrafted goalie out of the Canals Blazers. So Ernst was selected uh, to go to Dev Camp, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Chicago, they've got Kevin Korczynski, of course, Jalen Lightbin, Colton Dock, and former guest Nolan Allen. Colorado has uh, Alex Cotton going to their camp. Um, Drew Anglot from the Canlis Blazers, of course. Taryn Pfizer from the Victoria Royals. Connor McLennan as well from the Winnipeg Ice. Columbus, of course, has Denton Matejchuk. Dallas has Logan Stankoven, of course, and Connor Roulette. Detroit, well, I mean, Detroit's got the monster, Sebastian Cosa and Cross Hannes. Uh, the Oilers. They got 15 WHL players at development camps. Holy go. So Reed Schaefer, of course, Ty Nash, uh, Adam Hall from the Vancouver Giants, uh, to name a couple. And then the Dehaunyuk brothers as well, both Logan and Keaton Dehaunyuk, uh, who both play for Prince George and Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, the Florida Panthers have invited Merrick Ulsher as well as Josh Davies and Colby Hay and Justin Sordiff, of course. Sordiff is a guy who I think really could, like, make it into the NHL. Yeah, I, I can. I definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, he's he's going to be again uh, another interesting prospect to watch. That's why I love prospects. There's so many every <laughs> every team that you can oh, yeah. you can watch, and uh, yeah, it, it's exciting to see what they can do. Yep. Uh, the LA Kings have two guys in Landon Cozier from the French Albert Raiders, and then James Stefan, the son of former NHL first round pick Patrick Stefan. Yeah. Uh, he's there in LA. The Minnesota Wild have invited eight players, which includes Caden Bankier from the Countless Blazers, Thomas Millich from the Seattle. There you go. Okay. So Thomas Millich gets an invite to Minnesota to, there the, go. to the dev cam. So that's good. Good for him. And Kyle Masters and Carson Lambos, of course. Montreal Canadiens have three players going Keaton Gooley, Jared Davidson, and Gianni Fairbrother. The Predators have invited five players, uh, Luke Prokop, Graham Swore, Josh Williams, etc. cetera. Uh, the New Jersey Devils also have invited five players, uh, Josh Philman, uh, as well as another guy, Tyler Brennan, of course. The New York Rangers have invited six players, Talon Boyko, Dylan Garan, Jaden Grube, uh, and Ryder Korksak, who, I mean, Ryder Korksak, I'm pretty sure was a second or third round pick a couple of years ago, so not surprised. Uh, the Ottawa Senators invited three players. Zach Ostchuk um, is the only current WHL player, though, that was invited. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have two, Ethan Sampson out of the Prince George Cougars and Wyatt Wiley. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have invited five players, which includes Owen Pickering, of course. The Blues invited Tyson Galloway and Jake Neighbors. The Sharks invited Mason Bullpit from the Spokane Chiefs. He's a goaltender. Uh, they also invited Tristan Robbins, of course, and Ozzie Wiesblatt. Um, no Gannon and LaRock. That's kind of weird. But, oh, I guess LaRock signed his ELC, though. So that's yes. probably why. But Jake Neighbors is going to St. Louis camps and he played the yeah. NHL. So, <laughs> so that's a little weird. Okay, odd. And so, yeah, and St. Coben's going too. Uh, Seattle invited four players, uh, which includes uh, Jaeger Furcus and Ben Zlotti. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning invited six players, which includes Jack Finley, Nico Hutanen, and Jaden Darrow. The Canucks invited nine players, which includes Archie Baines, Victor Pershon, Quinn Schmeeman, and Ty Young. As well as Jackson Von Delest, who is a monster six foot seven defenseman. Yeah. Uh, he plays for the Red Deer Rebels. <laughs> the Gold Knights invited 10 players, which includes Jordan Gustafson, Ben Hammerling, uh, Justin Lies, Nolan Ritchie, and Carter Such. And finally, the Washington Capitals invited six players, which includes Bear Hughes. Oh, wait, no, the only act, the only act of player is Drew Krebs, Henrik Rybinski, and Vincent Lorio. So there you go. 
Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have yet to unveil the development camp roster, and apparently the Winnipeg Jets are not hosting a development camp this summer. That's just wonderful. That's exactly, what's, that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need to not host a development camp. Um, <laughs> yes, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but, but yeah, exciting times. Oh, holy cow, a lot of players going to development camps. Uh, very busy times. I know that those are all opening up. Um, I know Toronto's opens up tomorrow. Uh, which is Friday. So if you're listening to this, yeah. it technically is today. Um, the Canucks one has been going on since the 11th, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, 11th. So yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good chunk of players, good representation out of the WHL. Uh, we are going to transition into some more NHL type news talk. So if you, this is not your thing, uh, feel free to skip on over to the bus ride segment for Duncan Keith or have yourself a wonderful wonderful day um we're gonna talk about the free agency holy cow matthew like Shoot. well let's start with let's start <laughs> with the one the johnny goudreau yeah johnny goudreau goes to the columbus blue jackets of all yeah. places <laughs> um to say uh there was probably jaws on the floor from calgary to the entire east coast would be an understatement yeah, I was. I don't think I was anybody super, saw that. Like, geez. I was on. Um, we we're just about to record Union Junction, who was is the podcast that covers the Columbus Blue Jackets at the Hockey Writers, and um, Mark Shag, who covers the Blue Jackets for the site. I uh, he was. We're talking, and he sees the news like live when he's looking. He's like, "Oh my gosh, Goudreau's going to Columbus," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> uh, yeah, like crazy, like. There was just no preemptive chatter about that at all. Like, and no. I, that just really just shocked everybody. Um, I know, in like over at Daily Faceoff, like our group chat was just like, "What? WTF? What's going on? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Nobody was ready for that. We we, you know, Philly was for sure. We thought Philly was like, you know, a kind yeah. of a lock. But then Flyers ran into cap troubles for yeah. The, the Flyers wouldn't move. This is what I've heard. Um, and this is just what I've heard. I have to reiterate that word. This is what I've heard. This is not a report. That they wouldn't move a first-round pick with JVR, which is just the, come on, you're pathetic. Getting, you're going to get Johnny Goudreau. Exactly. Like, get it done. Like, uh... you, 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 what, what are you going to do with the first round pick anyways? If you're going to get Johnny Goudreau, you're a contender, right? Yeah. You, you're not trying to contend. So you don't need the first round pick. Yeah. So, I... so they wouldn't move it. So anyway, so they wouldn't move the first round pick is what is being kind of said. So they, they couldn't trade JVR because nobody wanted to take on Van Riemsdyk's contract. No. Despite him putting up 24 goals and being a very serviceable player at his age, it's just not doable. So Philly gets cut out. New Jersey kind of seems like it's the only team. I shot a text off to a buddy and I said, what if he just swings back on Calgary? Uh, <laughs> what if, what if, what if Philly, it was Philly or bust Philly ended up not being able to do it. And he swings back two, three hours later, the, the, the blue jackets news drops. And yeah, I mean, Wow. Um, yeah, I, I like I say, well, who's running the show over there? Yarmo Kakalainen, who never tips his hand anytime. Like, no one, even the people that cover the Blue Jackets, don't know what the heck this guy does, is doing. Yep. And uh, he plays Stefano so close to the vest and keeps stuff kind of tight lipped. He makes sure no one leaks anything. 
So it's not really a surprise we didn't know this was happening before. <laughs> but for so as a Flames writer, and from what I'm grasping from the Flames uh, fan base is a lot of anger. Holy cow! Yeah. Um, this is this is essentially a John Tavares 2.0. Yeah. I'm not even this, this is exactly I kind of think is it is, and I think I really think. Um, my, my best friend, uh, he listens to the podcast. He is a diehard Calgary Flames fan. And he's grown up as a Flames fan, tons of jerseys, memorabilia, et cetera. You, you, you get the point. The, he fully understands, I think, that what's happening here. But he agrees that it is a Tavares situation where you just, like, you, you come out at the end of the season and you say that this is a place, this is a city you want to, you know, raise your family in, mm-hmm. you want to stay here, and then you turn on the city in the full blink of an eye. You yeah. know what I mean? And he, my buddy, really thinks he, when Goudreau comes back to Calgary, he's going to get booed out of the building and that right. he's burnt his bridge with the Flames and the fan base. Yeah. And that the fan base is never going to look at him the same. They don't care what he's provided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a tough situation because, you know, it said it wasn't about the money. They were offering that 10 point, what, 10.4 or something? So, so million dollar. That was reported. Yeah. So, so Frank Saravalli said, so, so Saravalli said that, that it was, yeah, $10.5 million over eight years. And in total, Compared to the Columbus contract, he's leaving $15.75 million on the table by taking the Columbus deal. Like, so it's not about the money. And he, it wasn't about family because Columbus is nowhere near South Jersey. Yeah. What what is this about? Yeah. And I think, and I think that's what what I kind of mean where there's that anger and there's that, you know, viciousness coming from, from flames fans, because, because if it was about family and he signed in New Jersey, uh, okay. then like, like, like my buddy said, that's totally fine, man. It's it, we get it. It's about family. But for you to say that stuff, then not go there and sign in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? And Columbus isn't a contender. So Maybe closer to one now. <laughs> Maybe closer to one now, sure. But they also don't have Patrick Line signed. They no, offered, they submitted a qualifying now. offer. They can't afford to sign him. They signed Erica Branson to a oh, fucking geez. like a, a $16 million <sighs> contract, which makes no sense. But I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I, I I like Columbus. Like, don't get me wrong. Columbus is going to be good in two or three years. And, and and I really do believe so because they got Cole Sillinger. They got Kent Johnson. They got Igor Chinikov. Then, of course, they got Goudreau, Lyonet, Wierenski, Bean, Denton Matejka, Corson Solomons. I mean, you just think about it. Merz it's Leakins. a great, great team. Merzlikens is in net. Yeah. Uh, they'll move Corpusalo out, obviously, and they'll, you know, they'll retain somebody there. It, it's a solid, solid team. But if you want to win... I just I don't know I don't know it's going to be interesting I know he said in his athletic interview that he had with the with the Blue Jackets senior uh, writer uh, that was released this morning 
that, you know, Zach Wierenski and Eric Robinson, he's known Eric Robinson for 12 yeah. years. And, you know, Zach Wierenski is a very close friend of his as well. And those guys helped get him there. Um, I'm really curious to see what, you know, the press conference is coming up in a couple hours. So I'm really, I think it's actually a lot sooner than a couple hours. I think it actually literally is in 15 minutes. Um, so I'm interested to hear after, you know, what he has to say, because I've never been more interested in hearing a player's press conference than him. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm not I even kidding. What I've, like... I just want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. And that, and that's, like I say, that, that team, like Columbus wasn't even talked about, like it wasn't no. even a, it was either like yeah, Philly uh, Islanders. Yep. Uh, the Islanders were in there too. A uh, New Jersey. Carolina. I never thought like uh, Carolina, those teams, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like I, I really didn't expect Columbus at all. Sarah, Sarah Volley, <laughs> he, 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 he mentioned mystery team in his article that he wrote for daily face off that morning. He mentioned mystery team, but he said, yeah. he said he didn't know who though. Yeah. He just had a feeling that there was going to be another team that was going to come literally out of nowhere. And in my exact text, to my buddy, when I saw that Fried, when Friedman text tweeted that, that he got signed, <laughs> I tweet, I screenshot it, sent it to my buddy. And I said, Holy cow, Columbus with an RKO out of nowhere. Oh my. <laughs> and he just laughed and he was like, that is insane. Like, Yeah. So crazy, crazy day uh, that absolutely blew everybody's mind. Um, I've been in talk with a, quite a few Flames fans who are very, yeah, very bitter. Uh, very pissed <laughs> off. Um, well, it'll be the same thing is this, this is a, a little bit of a, for the Canucks, if Quinn Hughes went and did that and went to, I mean, I would understand him going to New Jersey um, mm -hmm. with his brothers, okay, but, 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 but let's say he's a he big player. Yeah, but let's say if Quinn Hughes, like, hypothetical, I'm going to go play in New Jersey with my brothers and then signs in, you know, Dallas yeah. or signs <laughs> in Nashville. And it's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, at the end of the day, Calgary did everything they could. And I feel sorry for for, for Tree Living um, and the Flames ownership. Um, somebody in the Flames Nation group chat made an absolutely hilarious joke yesterday to kind of lighten things up because people were very upset. Um, but to lighten things up, and he said, oh, man, Daryl's going to find out by Courier in a week. He's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a good chuckle out of that. Um, is there, but, is there yeah. I don't want to start. I'm not starting rumors here, but uh, I... I wonder if it's just due that maybe he didn't want to play for Sutter anymore. So like, people brought that up and it sounds like that that's actually like not the case because it, it's hard to say. And like, I don't want to speak out of term or anything, but from what I've read, that doesn't actually seem to be the reason mm -hmm. because he seemed he thrived under Sutter. Like he had his best point totals under Sutter. Sutter used him in all situations and really pushed him. I don't know. Like I, it's uh, really it, maybe that is the reason though. It's uh, it's really it's really hard to. That's why to, it's gonna to, be interesting. To I don't know how if Goudreau will talk at length of why in his press conference, no, but uh, no. it's gonna be interesting to see um, what he says. Yeah, and, and we don't want to be rumor boys or anything like that. But one thing I want to kind of point out, and we didn't talk about it on Daily Faceoff. We're not – so this has no affiliation with hockey writers or Daily Faceoff. I need to say that very quickly mm -hmm. first. Um, 
but there was talk online that his and and I gotta hate to be the person to bring this up, but that his wife reportedly got a job in Columbus at the Children's Hospital mm. uh, prior to him signing there. So uh. if that kind of plays into effect, then okay. But yeah. I think what I think what needs to really just happen here is he needs to come out and just explain it because there's a lot of hearsay and bullshit yes. on Twitter. Yeah. And ran Reddit. So, so I just want to clarify that that's just something that's on Twitter and you can go and search it up, but it's not a report. It's nothing by any means. Um, and, and yeah, I think really though, it's going to be interesting to see what he says at the press conference. And uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. I wonder if maybe if guys like Sean Monahan um, will be a little more open, um, maybe from a flames perspective, uh, maybe there was issues with, maybe there was issues i don't know yeah and we may never know <laughs> and we may never know that's the other thing too right we may never know it might be a mystery forever so i think uh if anything all emotions aside um because i i think like the difference between me and a lot of people and i think like i don't write as like a fan like i'm not really into the fandom thing i write because i love the game of hockey and if i it doesn't matter which team i cover i'll cover a team if i have an opportunity to go and work for a team and go and cover a team that, that's how it is for me so this situation with goudreau doesn't really affect me emotionally but i totally understand where the flames fans are at um you know oh, yeah. i've got close friends and family who are diehard flames fans so I, I i totally get it um but you know i think for me and you know to put my thoughts and everything my emotions aside sorry and you know my thoughts are Columbus got a lot, lot better. And I think this is really good for the city of Columbus as well, because you oh, get a superstar 100%. player who signs there. Yeah. They've had players traded there, but like Sarah Bali and Jason Greger were saying on daily Faceoff show, when's the last time a player, a free agent superstar quote unquote, because there actually hasn't been signed in Columbus, Nathan Horton would have been the last. <laughs> and right? not really, not a and not really, and not really superstar at all. So it's, it does a lot for the city. Um, yeah. And Hey, I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah. And especially when all that narrative about uh, when Morensky was going to be re-signed that he didn't want to re-sign because he didn't like Columbus and yeah. all that stuff. And, and to have, yeah, to have, to have a guy like Goudreau sign there, I think that's over. Like, come on. Like he decided to go to a team for a long-term contract. Um, so, so yeah did Panarin <laughs> leave because did, was with Tortorella I can't quite remember was Tortorella there and is that why Panarin yes, left? yes that was the reason I, I know that was pretty much the reason. because that was my thought was why are all the stars leaving why did why why did Panarin want out why did Voracek want out back in the day why it, did it most likely why all these guys want out and now they're all back you know what I mean it's it's but but yeah I think you know um that's why he didn't want to join Philly yeah, that's probably maybe that's probably it actually <laughs> that's not again no no it doesn't come with anywhere but it's, not, uh, not room. it's just it's, we're just rumors that's all um <laughs> yeah no I, I hey at the end of the day uh it, it's Grudrow's decision obviously and uh you know I'm excited I think um I know other people won't want to hear that but I'm excited to see what he can do with Columbus and it's going to be really interesting you know I'm so a little backstory actually uh, I'm friends with uh the Nasher 61 if you know of him on YouTube and uh, he does all YouTube stuff, Twitter stuff. Uh, he works for um, uh, B like 
Bleacher Report, Open Ice. He works for them. Yeah. So he does he does a lot of stuff for them. And uh, him and I have known each other for quite some time, almost a decade now, because of uh, going back into, you know, when I was in high school, I used to make NHL YouTube videos. And so him and I have known each other for a, a good distance amount of time. And seeing him post about how happy he was for, you know, to have Goudreau come to Columbus, I, I'm excited for him. I'm really excited yes. for him. You know, he's a brand ambassador for the jackets as well. He does a lot for them. Um, it's I'm excited. You know, I think it's, he's excited and to see him and the Columbus fan base, just absolutely just ecstatic is really cool to see. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch the blue jackets next year, uh, yep. especially if they can find a way to re-sign Lonnie because Lonnie Goudreau on the same line. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, Yeah. For real though, I mean that's a that's a deadly line. And then you think about, oh yeah, you, I mean and, and they're they're pretty much good on all aspects there too. I mean they've got that grueling third and fourth line that'll beat the shit out of you. They've got the top end defensemen who are you know offensively skilled with Zach Bransky and Andrew Peak. Then 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 you know they signed Eric Goodbranson, which is an interesting one. But hey, maybe that was part of it. Maybe Goudreau wanted Goodbranson. Maybe that was yeah. it. Hey, maybe maybe he said, "Hey, if you go out and get Eric Branson, I'll sign with you." Okay, <laughs> you pay him whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, and, well, I like I say, Columbus is just—they got a bright future. They got so much um, prospects coming up too, and Kent um, Johnson, oh. Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger. Uh, it's exciting times. Exciting times in Columbus, and that's not something you always can say about that team, and and that's that's great because. I mean, the team that had, they've had exciting t- players in the past. Rick Nash um, yep. was probably, you know, probably the biggest star before um, Goudreau's signs here. And uh, he was drafted oh, yeah. by them, but um, probably the yep. biggest superstar they've had. And Lonnie would be too, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on a little bit from Columbus. Let's talk about, let's touch on some winners and losers quickly. Um, and then we will transfer into the bus ride segment and other news around the league and we are out of here for the afternoon <laughs> yeah so i i'm gonna go for a winner and i i mean it's easy to pick columbus because <laughs> yeah. they got yeah. before that i would say they were a loser because good brands it's not best to have but yeah um for a winner to take away from the obvious one i'll pick i'll pick someone else but i'll pick uh, the detroit red wings as a winner for me Ooh. because Man, I mean, Eisenman went and just signed like what five, six players, and they're not, and they're all guys that are going to contribute to the team. Uh, David Perron, a big signing there. Um, you know, Ben Sherratt, I think he's going to be a really good partner for Maurice Sider. Um, you know, and then you look at Kubalik, who former 30 goal scorer, potentially could return to that, maybe 20 goals. Andrew Kopp, Andrew Kopp great third line guy. I mean, it's like it's like Eisenman just decided, okay, I'm done the rebuild now. I'm gonna start supplementing this team. And yeah. he did that in Tampa too, had the big guys and then started adding these little, you know, tweaks. And uh, you know, and they weren't short, short term contracts. I know Peron, I think it was a two-year. Um, so that was yep. pretty short. So I mean, there weren't long, long term, there weren't any seven-year deals thrown around. So no, I don't know. Eiserman's building the, a team out there in Detroit, and uh, I'd say they were a winner after day one for sure. Yep, uh, you're absolutely. I think that's a good that's a good team for sure to put in the winners category. Uh, for myself personally, I'm going to put Ottawa in there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked what they did. Obviously, you know, the blockbuster trade for Debring Cat, and then followed up by, I mean, they the 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 Matt Murray contract trade was really good by what Dorian did, get unloading that. Um, and and what Murray can do in Toronto will be interesting. Um, I'm a big fan of Matt Murray, though. I have to I have to say that. Um, I'm rooting for him. So I think yeah. like I think a lot of people forget that he is a Stanley Cup champion back to back, and he's only 29. He's dealt with some, you know, some some troubles over the last few seasons, but he's also played on the worst team in the league. <laughs> so I think and injuries just, too, and that, yeah. that's that can really derail, um, yeah. you know, some, especially for a goaltender. You want to get on a roll, you want to get some consistency in your game, and then you get injured. It, yeah. it, it really throws a wrench, and more so for goaltenders and then play then forwards a defenseman. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go out, of course they, they, they trade for veteran goalie Cam Talbot. And then, so they've got their goalie duo and then they go and they sign Claude Giroux. Oh my God. <laughs> what a signing. So, I mean, Claude, the Claude Giroux signing, what a, I'm very excited that I think it's going to be, you know, he Giroux already calls Ottawa home. So this kind of works out quite well for him. Um, you know, he gets to join, you know, the Brinkats, Stutzla, Kachuk, Norris. I mean, Josh Norris had 30 goals this year. Like, I think people forget that. Yeah. So, and Drake Batherson, another great, great player. Um, yeah. You know, Jake Sanderson's a legitimate Calder Trophy candidate for next year. Um, if they go out and they do, if, you know, the Sens are linked to apparently, reportedly acquiring Mackenzie Weger out of, Minnesota, out of Florida, I almost said Minnesota, out of Florida, <laughs> if they want to go and get him, if they can, you know, go out and get another top defenseman uh, for their D-Corp, ooh. Yeah, and talk about teams that have strong prospect pools too. They got yeah. another one. They've right uh, they've really put the Atlantic Division on notice. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, great, Detroit great and Ottawa, like, geez. Yeah, exactly. And you know, just to touch on, like, you know, another thing before we transition out of this, uh, you did the, the Oilers are really going to be a team. Like, they're the team to beat now. I think in the Pacific because Calgary loses Goudreau, they, things are going to fall apart. Edmonton goes out and gets Jack Campbell. Um, there's there's a lot to like there, obviously with that. Um, so they finally address their goaltending after like well, that's, that's how many it, years right? I've said for them to do this. <laughs> yeah. and, and I do like what the Canes did, uh, acquiring Brent Burns for literally nothing, and then acquiring Max Pacioretty or for actually nothing. <laughs> so, so you know, Burns is going to be good. He's serviceable. He's older, of course, sure, but he is a Oh my God. He's a great right hand defenseman. Who's, you know, uh, yeah. as we talked about last week, you know, right-hand defensemen are a hot commodity. And I think, you know, Burns is going to be a guy who can really uh, fit a, a good role in Carolina. Yeah. And well, just, just as a winner, um, anyone that's in the Pacific division, <laughs> yeah. just a winner because you don't have to deal with the patch You don't no. have to deal with Brent Burns anymore. You also no. don't have to deal with Johnny Goudreau. So yep, um, that's true. I'd say there's a bit of a win for all the teams that are in the Pacific right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this week's bus ride segment is going to be on Duncan Keith because Duncan recently announced his NHL retirement, of course, after 17 NHL seasons um, and what a career he had. We're going to touch up first, of course, with his WHL career and where he started and how he was able to embark on the, you know, the remarkable career that he had. And that was the word of the, the, the podcast, a few podcast episodes ago, <laughs> remarkable. Um, but I mean, you know, 
this is a guy who all personal crap aside is a flawless hockey player who is off to the hockey hall of fame yeah and probably one of the best skating defensemen uh, when in his prime um, oh yeah too like and that absolutely you know he kind of slowed down a bit of course and most of the time this happens or you slow down as you get older but uh yep. still a pretty good skating defenseman but uh, to watch him skate uh in his prime is like yeah like you say flawless too and it's like such a smooth skater I, yeah Duncan Keith and being drafted second round I mean come on like <laughs> oh yeah it, just a steal you know he started his career in the BCHL because he was off to go play university hockey right so he went and played a couple of years in Michigan State University and then that just wasn't going the way it was expected and he came over to the WHL and he comes in in 2002-2003 and joins the Kelowna Rockets. And oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. So he left about, he, he played about 15 games that year in Michigan State. Then he left, comes over, finishes the season off in Kelowna. And in 37 games, he amasses 46 points. I mean, right then and there, he was already, you know, making his stepping ways into becoming a, an elite defenseman. Um you know, he wins the WHL championship in 0203. They win the Memorial Cup. It's, you know, it, it was really quite a move for him. And I think, and he he has spoken on um, like the Spit and Chicklets podcast and on another podcast that he was on uh, uh, in detail about, about the move and about the Memorial Cup being a big part of the enticement to, to you know, coming back to the, w, coming to the WHL essentially, right? And of course, obviously, so it's the Memorial Cup. So he, you know, he was able to really, I think, find a, a, a grasp there with Kelowna and really able to push his name out there more, uh, make himself more well-known. And, you know, arguably he became a, one of the best defensemen to ever come out of the WHL. I mean, there's been a lot of defensemen to come out of the WHL, but I think he really has put himself in that top 10, maybe, maybe even top five category. Yeah, I mean, he's, like I say, he's probably one of the best uh, in the NHL in the last, like, 2000s, 2010s yep. uh, era. And, you know, yeah. he won the Cups, and he won Norse Trophy. Uh, I believe he won the Conn Smythe, too, right? So Yeah, so he's played with, yeah, you know, on that, on that Kelowna team, he was with Josh Georges, he was with Shea Weber, and Mike Card, Brett Palin as well, also a former NHL defenseman. I mean, eh, what a loaded team. Holy cow. Doesn't actually look back on. Wow. Um, but, you know, he, for him to, I think, to develop into what he became, I don't know if anybody ever saw it, but. No. You know, three Stanley Cups, a Conn Smythe. And then two Norris trophies yeah. and voted and, you know, and voted in the NHL's top 100 for all, you know, all time players. Um, what a career. And, yeah. and, and of course, you know, winning Olympic golds as well. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And the thing is, is he didn't burst onto the scene either. Like, it's not like oh. he came out of the WHL and he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm a superstar defenseman. He played two years in the, in the AHL too. Yeah. Um, right out of the WHL. He went to the AHL uh, a couple seasons there worked his way up 
It wasn't one of those like Connor McDavid type jump into the NHL and be a superstar. No, he worked his way, he did the work in the AHL couple seasons. And then even his first few seasons in the NHL, he did score some goals, but he wasn't the 40, 50, 60 point guy uh, consistently that he became in his prime. Yeah. Yep. And I, absolutely. And in his prime, he was a defenseman. I think, you know, people were afraid to play against because he was yeah. just so talented and somebody that could just, you know, you talk about, you talk about poise and being able to, to walk the blue line um, with confidence. And that was something that he oozed was confidence on the ice. And he, yeah, easily one of the top blue liners of his generation. I mean, to see him retire, really, uh, it, it actually sucks because he's uh, a defenseman who I grew up watching, right? And so to see all these guys start to, you know, hang up the skates, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. It makes me feel older, that's for sure. It definitely does. When when I well, the biggest thing for me is when when the Sedins retired and they were going into like other stuff, and it yeah. still gets to me because I'm like, I remember first game they played in the nhl and <laughs> yeah so. no absolutely absolutely and yeah so you know duncan goes on he wins that cup in 0910 they win two more um but and we you know we talked to christopher steeg obviously as well uh who won two of those cups with him and you know over steeg talked about keith just being how resilient he was how how uh impactful he was inside the locker room mm-hmm. you know this is a guy who just bleeds uh, leadership and is a guy who I, I'm, I would love to, to, you know, to chat with, obviously to talk about his career. Um, but overall, what a fantastic career. And, you know, for him to, he, I would almost say he was a little early. You know what I mean? Like where we're seeing a lot of these offensive flared defensemen, I think Keith in this day and age would be that, you know, 70 point, 60 point guy again. Mm-hmm. He did put, he of course did put up multiple 70 points, 60 point seasons. Uh, but well, he put up multiple 60 point seasons, sorry. Okay. But, you know, I think he really could have uh, in this day and age, uh, if he was in his prime, of course, he, oh God. Oh, you know he would thrive do, in the NHL. You know what he would do to people? Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. And too bad. And this is where I don't like, there's been a number of players that have done this where they've, they've played most of their career one place, go to another team for one year and then they retire. And this is the same thing. Um, really actually reminds me of Marcus Naslin because he played with the Canucks for all. And then he went to the Rangers for one year and then retired Yeah, after signing, you know, so I, I, I have similar kind of feeling with Keith. He goes to the Oilers and um, had an okay season. I mean, it's not like he had a pretty much the same season as he's been having since he kind of started declining after 2018, 19. So, yeah. you know, he was good for the Oilers and some leadership for some of the, the younger guys. And, and now he provides salary cap relief by retiring. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and during that third run, during the, the third Stanley cup run that they went on, um, he had 21 points, 23 games, and he was a plus 16. Like yeah. he was a monster for them in that final run too. Um, that, you know, his the, the, the one kind of problem with him retiring is the salary cap implications that you know now come on to effect for both Edmonton and Chicago. They both now have to face recapture penalties, yeah, because of the long so they do have to deal with that, yeah, yeah. They do get some and, relief from him retiring, but you still got this recapture stuff, yeah, exactly. And and his contract that he signed back in 2009 
uh, which was a 13-year, $72 million deal, is actually illegal now. But it was still allowed. <laughs> the yeah. same similar so, to the Longo one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's why they have to do that recapture stuff. Yep, exactly. Oh, exactly. And so now what's next for Duncan? And, you know, what's next for him? I, who knows? Uh, obviously, um, some type of coaching advisory role probably seems imminent for yeah. him, whether it be with Edmonton or it be back with Chicago. Um, I don't know if he wants to associate himself with the Blackhawks at the moment. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think the hockey hall of fame is just a definite when does it happen though that's that's a good question because hey we're still waiting for alexander mcgillney to get put into the hockey hall of fame yeah so (laughs) hey keith could be next year he could be five years from now who knows um but (laughs) congratulations to duncan keith on an extraordinary uh career um full of just uh, uh astonishing accomplishments and uh yeah, nothing more to say. That number two is going to be retired and oh, uh, hanging 100%. in the rafters probably next season. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Let's get into some other news around the league before we cap things off here on this episode. Uh, we thank you guys a lot for tuning in. Uh, we've been really up in our numbers lately, uh, so it, it means a lot to us for all the shares, all the listens, uh, whatever it may be. Um, you guys are awesome. So some other news around the league here. Uh, Fraser Minton, we, we've talked about him a couple times already uh he's off to calgary to skate in canada's 2023 national junior team summer development camp he joins 34 other whl players um obviously after his uh you know high draft pick uh well the hockey canada went wait a minute <laughs> this guy looks like he's pretty good so they invited they extended an invite to him um hockey canada is in some really deep shit right oh, now yeah. um I had to write out a quick article this morning for Daily Faceoff, uh, but if you want to go and Google Hockey Canada, I'm sure you can get the rundown of what's happening there. Uh, so that's not a thing I really want to talk about. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Hockey Canada either, but we kind of have to for the next minute. Uh, defenseman Austin Zemlak of the Victoria Royals is also headed to Calgary to participate in the National U18 selection camp. So good good for those guys. I mean, nonetheless, I, I, I uh, all of the legalities lawsuit stuff aside uh representing your country is a uh an, a great feat and something that i know that uh, a lot of people uh, myself included would be uh very proud to, to, to don the canadian jersey yes. um and uh yeah i think it's going to be you know those are two guys that you know the, actually hold up before i get ahead of myself the 2022 world juniors is literally like three weeks away yeah that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. So we got, you know, we got hockey in summer, world juniors in summer. So that'll be exciting. But yeah, so Minton and Zemlak are off to camps for 2023. So to kind of reiterate there, it's for 2023 camps. Um, wow. That's kind of weird how they're doing that though. They're going to have a, uh, a development camp for the 2023, just a couple of weeks before the 2022 world juniors. Huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds signed uh, their import pick, Kai Knack. Uh, so good for him. Uh, he is the younger brother of uh, Portland Winterhawks uh, import selection and current roster player, uh, Simon Knack. Uh, he is there from Switzerland. So so good for him. Thunderbirds. Oh, my God, man. Like, there you go. They just <laughs> signed another pick there. Um, yeah. 
I'm really interested to see if the Thunderbirds get if they secure Brad Lambert. Oh, this like, is like so, you know, so so they so they sign, you know, they trade for his rights, but can they secure him? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. Geez. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I think that they probably can get him to go there considering his rights are held in Winnipeg, right? So that the, yeah. you know, the, the, the jets are going to want to push him into uh, you know, the WHL, I think, rather than having him play over in Finland. So, yeah. Uh, cause, cause you think about that too, right? It, give, it gives the Winnipeg scouts a little, uh, a little more insight to being able to watch him, right? Because he can come directly to Winnipeg now. You know, he'll yeah, play right. Seattle, go to play in Winnipeg or, or whatever, right? Seattle can go to Calgary and, you know, scouts can hop on a plane. It, it, I think Much it works easier. a lot easier. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you fly to Finland. <laughs> I mean, they have international scouts, don't get me wrong. But but I think it's something that definitely plays into an effect. And then, of course, I mean, let's talk about uh, just we've got a couple minutes to kill here. Uh, let's talk about Jonathan Lekaramaki. Um, So, you know, he gets selected 15th overall. Um was it 15th? 15th, yeah. Okay, I, I was just making sure I had the number, the actual overall correct. So he gets slot to 15th overall, and hey, I mean, like like Faber from Canucks Army tweeted, but man, they 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 should have sprinted to the podium. Holy cow. Yeah. Like, to make that pick, wow. Well, like um, I said, I, I, I jumped up when they picked him. I was oh, like, yeah. what? That's so good. And, and hopefully they can, like he has said that uh, he's going to go back to Sweden. Um, this coming season, but the rights are held by the Vancouver Giants. They drafted him. We talked about it last episode, the import draft, and they picked yeah. him. Yeah. So hopefully he can get over here and play for the Giants because, you know, Lysel, I don't know if he'll still be here when that happens, but uh, good point. I'm hoping that is because to have them play together. Who? <laughs> like you mentioned too, though, right? Like we, we mentioned this last weekend about, um, or sorry, last episode about Lakaramaki getting selected by the Giants, right? And we said, you know, it depends what NHL team drafts him. Wow, look who drafted him! Yeah, right. It's right in their backyard. It's they're gonna really put up a, an enticing package, I think, to uh, to lure him over, um, you know, to to come and play in in uh, in Vancouver for the Giants because yeah. I, from what I believe, I'm pretty sure Lysel played the next season in Sweden and then came over. So it's not like okay. It's not like, oh, you know, he says he's going to do it now. And that's like, no, no, he's not going to come over now. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm just going to do a quick fact check as we're talking here. Yep. Uh, and the Portland Winterhawks signed uh, import goaltender Jan Spunar to a WHL standard player agreement as well. Uh, just to add into that. And while Matthew does that, I will touch up on some breaking news that broke in the WHL just prior to us recording. Uh, Prince Albert Raiders head coach Mark Habscheid has resigned from his position mm-hmm. as he is taking a job in uh, Europe, it seems. Uh, so he is off and he is... Uh, off to go uh yeah go coach in europe it looks like uh so good good for him uh he got a head coaching position in europe i don't know the actual details behind it uh just this is just the media brief that was sent out um so yeah good good for him though uh obviously we talked to nolan allen a former you know a current prince albert raider and he talked about habscheid you know being a uh a, a wonderful head coach and somebody that you know he's got whl experience he's been in the whl game a long time um so i think this is a very uh deserving uh uh what do i say promotion yeah promotion. yeah so congratulations coach, yeah. to him um so no he did play he came over right away um 
Okay. He played, yeah, because he was drafted in 2021 last year. So, okay. Yeah. So there you go, I thought so, it was yeah, 2020. So, <laughs> no, but so there you go, though. I think I think the Canucks are really going to push for him to uh, to get over. Um, it's going to be, yeah, I, I don't see why he wouldn't either, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, again, he may want to still play. Oh, no, this is what he said in his interview. He said he still has a contract in Sweden okay to play so it would have to be a, a an agreement to break that contract so correct yeah so that's probably why um he has to play in sweden next season that makes more sense then that's yeah. not I, okay i remember the interview he said yeah he's because they asked him that like that was one of the first questions and he's like no i'll be playing sweden i got a contract over there so yeah yeah well it yeah good i mean i'm excited so he may come next season. <laughs> so he may come next season. Yeah, make it to see him in the WHL next year. Oh God, he would just he would <laughs> light the WHL up. Holy cow! Um, I think that about does us for uh, for today's episode. Uh, thank you guys for for listening. Uh, we appreciate all the listens and shares, as I've reiterated here at the middle of the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Hit us up with an email. Uh, you can follow my work with Daily Faceoff and Nation Network, and you can follow Matthew's work as well with the Hockey Writers. All of the links are down below. Uh, Thank you guys again and enjoy your weekend.